0: Welcome back to All Chat Week Three. I'm back with Grayson. Grayson, how are you? I'm great. I'm great. It was another awesome week. Another Uh, real good week of League of Legends.
1: Yeah, just watching so many games. I think I'll probably watch like
0: ten or eleven matches in the L C K and LPL. Wow. (laughs) That's a lot. Speaking of that, do you wanna give a little rundown on (laughs) how things might be changing for the podcast just a little bit coming moving forward?
1: yeah so i know last week we mentioned oh yeah you know we're gonna watch every single game like you're watching 15 hours up till four in the morning is definitely putting us like a strain on our uh, mentals i think a little bit watching that many league of legends games so yeah moving on starting next week uh we are going to be splitting off some of the content so jack is going to be focusing more on the lec and lcs and i'm going to be taking on more of the lck and lpl obviously we're both going to be tuning into whatever matches that we want to watch But uh, just starting next week so that we're not both up watching every single game out of the four major regions. We're we're splitting it up a little bit. We're also starting next week going to be changing our release schedule. So podcasts are going to start releasing every Wednesday starting next week.
0: Yeah. And just for (laughs) context for for people who are listening too, the the original idea behind making this whole podcast was uh, Grayson knew a lot about the LCK and the LPL. Uh, And I mostly watched the LCS and the LEC, uh, and we would just start talking to each other and trade facts back and forth and get excited talking about the regions that we knew the most about. And then when we started actually filming the podcast, uh, we both got into the headspace of watching every single game every week. So uh, we're going to kind of shift back towards the original plan for the podcast, which is splitting it more down the middle. I'll take um, North America and Europe, and Grayson will take China and Korea. And then I think that that'll help um, with some conversation too. I think it'll be better for us going back and forth and learning things from each other as we talk as well. We had a lot. We have a lot to talk about this week. We do. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to just jump right in? I'm down. Yeah. LEC was, I mean,
1: the split's technically over regular season and we're moving on into playoffs now. So.
0: Yeah, there's there's a lot to cover with uh, LEC. Monday was the last day of games for the LEC, and now we're going into playoffs. So what I want to do real quick, actually, is just give a rundown of what the standings are at the end of this first LEC split, mm-hmm. and then maybe we can talk a little bit about what the schedule is for playoffs, and then maybe get into some of the teams and what we think that's going to look like. Is that work yeah, for you?
1: Yeah, honestly... I don't even really know like the format
0: or anything, so if you could touch on that
1: too, that'd be awesome.
0: Yeah, that'd be dope. Let's do it. So at the end of the split, um, we have G2 and BDS in our top two. They're both seven wins, two losses, but I believe G2 has the head-to-head, so they're um, technically solo first, and Team BDS is in second. Uh, then we have SK Gaming in third, Mad Lions Koi in fourth, Fnatic in fifth, Vitality in sixth, Team Heretics in seventh, and Giant X scraping in at eighth, with Rogue and Carmine Corp both missing out on playoffs. Um, real quick for for Carmine Corp and Rogue and, and Rogue, sorry, um, their season is done, and I think Giant X, Rogue, and, and Carmine Corp all coming into this last week were all kind of fighting for this last spot, and then after the Carmine Corp lost on Saturday they they were officially out they actually came back Sunday and Monday to beat SK and I believe I think uh, it BDS. was yes yeah, yeah. two of the that. top teams two of the top three so um they showed up at the end right when it didn't matter um <laughs> so uh, unlucky for them I'm wearing my uh budget uh Carmine Corp <laughs> jersey uh as a just a Salute to them and the, their season. Hopefully, they come back in the next two splits and make something happen because uh, we really didn't see a lot from them this split. Yeah, we saw a lot more once the pressure was off, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, hopefully, they come back. Hopefully, that, that they show us something. Uh, but for the teams that did make it, we're looking at uh, a playoff schedule going into, uh, I believe, it might start next week. Um, The games that we have are G2 versus Giant X, Fnatic versus Mad Coy, Team Heretics versus Team BDS, and then Vitality versus SK Gaming. Um, So it's uh, going to be some, some interesting games. I think right off the bat with G2 and Giant X, a lot of people have that being pretty one-sided i think uh giant x is definitely looking like the the weakest team coming into playoffs and g2 uh they they slipped a little bit and they, they had a couple bad games but i think they're still pretty solidly looking like the best team so that's looking like probably just going to be an easy g2 two, zero. Um, but then the rest of the games i think are actually pretty interesting and there's a couple of them i want to talk about if you're if you're down oh yeah i mean i'm just looking at heretics versus bds and i'm like How come that's a first-round matchup? Yeah, so the the way they did the picking... Honestly, the way they did the picking this year was really confusing. So, um, they took G2 and BDS and put them on opposite sides. um, And then they had the other players come up from the... They sent representatives from the teams to come up and pick envelopes to see which half they were going to be in. Uh And then it split the eight teams into two halves, I think. And then... Uh, BDS got to pick who they were playing against uh, and whoever the other half of their group got the the next highest pick in their group also got to pick who they were playing against. And then same for G2's half. Hmm. So uh, team BDS picked heretics to go up against, which is uh, an interesting matchup. I think though, that the most interesting matchup is Fnatic mad coy. Both of these teams, if I, if I pull up the standings, uh, they're both five and four. So they're both just above that 50% win rate. And they're both teams that have had really high highs and and fairly low lows. So a lot of expectations on Fnatic coming in. Um, Not a lot of expectations on MAD. Both of them ended up in the same place. Mm -hmm. And this, to me, this is like the 50-50 series. I think there's a really good chance we go to three games. And honestly, I don't know who wins this series. It's kind of like, thinking? I mean, from what
1: I understand, I mean, Fnatic's always a top, top team in the LEC. Uh, Mad core is playing with four rookies. So it's kind of like the idea of, you know, the, the top team is, you know, kind of falling down and these, this, these young guys are kind of on the rise here. So it's, it's interesting to kind of see that juxtaposition yeah, and kind of seeing where both these organizations and teams have kind of come this year and how they're both in the same spot, despite starting on, two completely different ends of i guess like the preseason uh power rankings yeah um so maybe a little bit of overperforming from mad Lions coy or matt mad coy and a little bit of underperforming from Fnatic. so i'm curious to see you know once it's playoffs time it's a it's a whole new season now so i think it it's anyone's game
0: really yeah I really want to talk about Mad Coy because I think that they're one of the most interesting teams in the LEC right now. Um, Their bot lane, Supa and Alvaro, I was initially kind of hesitant on, but I think they're legit. I think these guys are are actually legit. I think um, Supa got that pentakill in his first game, which was Mm -hmm. crazy. Um, And Alvaro has had this initially like really sleeper start to the season and just really ramped up over the course of the season and has looked actually really good, I thought. Um, I think he could easily be like a, a top three support in the league right now. Is he still um, playing Blitz? It's a lot of Blitzcrank, yeah. Okay. But he's, he, he has a, a fairly good champ pool, but I think his Blitzcrank... He's had some really critical Blitzcrank games that have pretty much gotten the team wins, I think. Oh, wow. Um, so that bot duo... <laughs> I'm actually pretty hyped on. I think they're legit. I think that they're going to make moves. I think if if we see stuff happening for Mad Coy in playoffs, it's going to be off the back of those two. And that's because I'm not sure how I feel about Frescawi and uh, Mirwin, who are their mid laner and top laner. Um, we should talk about Mirwin, because this weekend he played Varus top and Fiddlesticks top, which... <laughs> I don't think we've seen any other team do really fun-looking picks. I'm just not sure they're good. Yeah. <laughs> That's uh, the problem. He does really fun things. He does really interesting things. And he even gets the team to play around that. Like mm-hmm. in the Fiddlesticks game, they picked Fiddlesticks, uh, Nocturne, Nico um, in their first three picks of the draft. And they had this total like turn-off-the-lights comp. So Nocturne shuts out the lights. You don't know where Fiddlesticks is. He can get the fear. Um, You have Nico coming out of nowhere with her big ult. So this is really this big wombo combo team comp that his whole team played into, but they lost. So (laughs) it's this really weird thing where it's like there are these really cool picks. He's getting his team to rally around him. I just don't know if it's good. (laughs) I mean, that sounds like the ultimate pick and dive comp right there. Yeah, so they have a lot of flexibility coming (laughs) Uh into playoffs, which I think uh, potentially they have some of the most flexibility out of at least like the the middle of the pack teams. Um, But it's really going to be just seeing if that's going to be impactful or something that um, is kind of just crazy but not... Doesn't do anything. Right, but not actually effective. Not much
1: better than a traditional top.
0: Yeah, and so far, it's kind of a toss-up.
1: We'll see. I um, mean, o- Oscar Innan's one of the top top laners in the LEC, right?
0: So, Yeah, I would say he's had a really interesting career because he came into the uh, LEC last year, I think, and had three of the worst debut games ever. There was people Oof. making memes about how bad his debut games are, and now he's turned into this really solid top laner um, who's consistently at the top of top laners in the LEC. So I think that I think you're right. That's actually going to be a really interesting matchup in specific, seeing Mirwin and me not being super confident in how he's going to show up versus Oscar, who tends to be a little bit more of a rock. Um, mm-hmm. He plays a lot of Cassante, a lot of standard picks. I think he plays some jacks sometimes, but he plays a lot of very standard champs and plays them um, pretty... Uh, at an above solidly? average level for sure yeah, yeah yeah exactly uh and then mirwin on the other side he he's pretty up and down and has super bizarre picks so i think uh-huh. i think you're right that top lane matchup is going to be really interesting yeah i just remember oscar and getting a lot of praise
1: from a lot of the eastern tops last world so that's right i haven't seen too much of fanatic this season or this split but i mean after you mentioned uh what was his name on on mdk oh mirwin Mirwin, after you mentioned Mirwin, it's
0: like, okay, I kind of want to see this matchup now, see how that plays out. I think it's going to be the most interesting series to watch, because they just played as well, and it was a really close back-and-forth game, too. So I think that's going to be the series to watch. Um, So for anyone going to look at uh, LAC playoffs, if you want to catch a good series, my money is on Fnatic Mad being a good series. I
1: kind of want to hear your thoughts on BDS and Heretics really quick. Sure. I think I'm for some reason I'm kind of stuck in this, oh, Heretics is going to be, you know, a top team just because of who's on their roster. Yeah. And to see them slip to, you said, sixth or seventh even? Yeah. That's just kind of surprising to
0: me. Yeah. So they're in seventh right now, right behind Vitality. They're uh, four wins, five losses. They're a really interesting team. Um Obviously, a lot of people are calling them G3 because they have uh, Wonder, Yankos, and Perks on their mm-hmm. top side. And, you know, with, with names like that, you're going to go into the split with a lot of high expectations. A lot yeah. of people are going to see you as, you know, it's, it's G2 2019 top side. How can that be bad? Um, but we've seen some really hit or miss performances. I think wow. Wonder is pretty solid. Uh, he played really well, subbing in for Fnatic last year. I think he was a big part of them getting to Worlds. Mm-hmm. Um, he's continued to play pretty solidly. I think Yankos to me is still the goat jungler of Europe. I don't know if he, I don't know if I would say that he's the best jungler in Europe right now, but he's still top half. Got, yeah, um, still keep playing, playing really well. Top three, top four, probably something like that. Yeah, yeah. and then interestingly maybe not so interestingly to people who follow um the lec perks really hasn't impressed me um i i think it kind of started after he left g2 that mm-hmm. people started to get less and less impressed by him he had an okay performance on cloud nine when he went over to na um he had a not great performance on vitality and i haven't been super thrilled about his play on this team heretics team so i think him and the, the bot lane for Team Heretics have not been super impressive. So mm. I actually think they're um they're not gonna go far. I think they'll probably just lose to BDS. And it oh, wow. I don't know if it'll be a two oh, but it, it very well could be. I think that they're one of the one of the teams in playoffs who's not gonna go far. So BDS is looking like them too then i think so yeah yeah bds is a cool team um nuke has really come into his own the the mid laner for bds he's -hmm. really come into the his own i was looking at some uh damage percent numbers just because i know statistics should be taken with a grain of salt i know they don't tell the full story but i think it's interesting to look at statistics and what kind of trends they reveal Mm -hmm. um And Nuke is at the top of damage percent for his team, along with Humanoid from Fnatic. So um, those two guys, I believe, are the top two contributors um, in the league to their team's damage. Um, So Nuke has had some monster performances. You have Adam. He's still picking his gods champs. Mm -hmm. He just had a game this weekend on Garen. He continues to to play these champs effectively. Um, I think Shio is playing decently. I think Ice, he's not the star. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, and then Lebrov I think, is also having a really good split. So for me, uh, BDS's power comes from Adam in the top lane, Nuke in the mid lane, and Labrov in support. And I think the weaker links are Ice in the AD carry position and Sheo in the jungle. Hmm. I know that they definitely seem like, as a team, they're,
1: they're meshing really well. I think it was yeah. Monday, or, or maybe a Sunday, when they were walking into the arena they all like dressed up and... oh
0: yeah that's a
1: bds <laughs> thing so they, oh, they okay. do that every every game day yeah oh wow okay i didn't know yeah that. yeah, yeah. but i think <laughs> like just starting right there like that builds chem and that you know that brings the team together a lot especially with guys that are trying to make a name for themselves in this league
0: right? yeah it was really surprising that this team is doing so well that um, they first had their really good split last year Mm -hmm. um, when they were, they they topped the league for one of the splits. People were super surprised by that. And they've kept more or less the same roster, just switching out crowny for ice. Mm -hmm. So these guys have been playing together for a while um, and people thought, Oh, maybe this was just like a one split thing. Maybe they're, they're just going to fall off after that, but they're back up at the top. So it's really interesting to see, it's weird because I don't know if I want to call them a power of friendship team per se, mm-hmm. but they also seem to be better than the sum of their parts, um, which I think is really important for a team to have. I think if you split this team up and put the, the, the players onto different teams, you wouldn't see the same kind of performances out of them. And I think something about the team atmosphere that, you, that they have is making them play better than you would expect them to. Yeah, I mean, it's also a team that made
1: worlds last year, right? Right. So that type of experience is invaluable for any type of league player. I mean, for a lot of these Western guys, that's their goal, you know, just making worlds. Yeah. So I think having that experience under the belt, along with a a successful winter split here, I mean, they're going to ride that
0: as long as they can, for sure. Yeah, so some exciting stuff coming up. Um, I think we'll have a lot of interesting games to talk about once those playoffs start um but do you want to jump into lpl now talk a little bit about that lpl had a pretty well obviously the lpl week is
1: extremely long it literally doesn't stop it's every single day um (laughs) (laughs) so since we last recorded uh the first game that i kind of want to point out is this tt versus lng game Mm-hmm I don't know if you've heard anything about this match. I haven't. No, I I
0: know very little about what's happening in the LPL right now, so I would love for you to fill me in.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you got Scout, you got uh, Zika, you got Weiwei, you uh, got—they're playing Hong, I think. And these are Uh, all the LNG players, right? Yep, and Gal, right? So just
0: just starting right there, where do you think that team is going to do? Just hearing those names. That's more or less the team that they had that went to Worlds last year, right? And people were putting, you know, top, as top performers for Worlds. Is that right? Did they keep most of their roster? They kept most of their roster. I think they picked up
1: uh, either, they're playing around with their support, and then they picked up
0: uh, Weiwei. Right. Yeah, so, okay, so off rip, that sounds like a team that should be competing for the top of the LPL to me. Yeah, they lost two one to TT in their very first match. Of that's the wild.
1: Yeah, so TT is kind of one of these teams that's always expected to be near the bottom. Right. Um, definitely not a favorite by any means. Uh, yeah. But this whole series was just TT. Well, game one, TT was outweighting them pretty much uh, in game one, stacking drags, and by the end of the game, LNG just couldn't do anything. Game two, LNG looked really shaky at the start, and it looked like it was gonna be a two zero for TT. But LNG, with their players, with their guys, they just team fought a lot better, found picks, yeah. won the game. Sometimes game... the veterans just just bring the hammer down. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But game three, LNG was literally winning the entire game, like all game three. They had soul po- or they were at soul point at eighteen minutes. They had an eleven oh kill gosh. lead. Yeah, they got. Uh, they had an 11-kill lead, and then they got Baron stolen, pushed your out for inhib, and then just got caught out and lost the game. This was at, like, 30-something minutes. They were literally stomping on them the entire game, and then TT has one little Baron steal, one little team fight win, and the game's over. And, like, the the guys on TT were literally celebrating—they were celebrating so hard in their cams. Like, UCAL, before the game was even over, he was, like, jumping up and down, like— out of his chair. Uh, basically, TT after this went on to get O2'd or 2 would by RNG. <laughs> and then LNG proceeded to 2-0 OMG. So basically, okay. uh, you can count this as an uh, outlier for LNG and, sure. and TT. But I thought that match was just crazy because, I mean, obviously we all know LNG. We all know Scout is probably one of the top five mid laners in the entire world. Yeah. So just seeing them lose in their very first match of the
0: split was crazy. Um, It's wild to me that you you were saying that um, TT was able to like steal a Baron and catch them out and end the game because my experience with a lot of top teams is that they can lose early games and then come back and they're the ones who make some play in the mid or late game. They flip the game around and uh, pull the trigger and just end the game. And rarely do you see bottom teams or teams that are expected to be in the bottom do the same thing where they're able to make, you know, catch someone out or have a big team fight win and just end the game off of it. That's, that's pretty much the opposite of what you normally hear. So hearing that TT, managed to to pull something like that that's pretty impressive
1: yeah it came off a lot of momentum when they stole baron and allergy just kind of kind of freaked out and they were like okay we got to go push to end now because that baron and then uh they just got caught out too far uh pushing for inhib and lost the game and just like that like
0: game was over that's wild Yeah, But you think that was probably an outlier performance from both teams rather than the norm? I definitely think so.
1: I think, so, LNG is in the support. I think they have Mark and Hong. And Hong was the guy that they were going with last year during Worlds. But they picked up Mark from, I don't know, I think he's on Top Esports or something last year. And they played Mark, I want to say, during that TT series. Um, I don't know if Hong's gotten any games yet. But that was one thing that I noticed. They were kind of in between on who they should be starting for uh, for LNG's support. So interesting. I don't know what's going to come of that, but LNG they look like same old LNG after that OMG match. Um, Another team that I want to hit on really quick is EDG, because they're frauds, bro. They're actually yeah. frauds. 0-3. They, what? 0-3. Uh, they lost to RNG, Top Esports, and LGD. Uh, versus LGD? Top... Yeah. Last night against LGD, they
0: lost. Isn't LGD also one of those teams that's like perennially at the bottom? Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah, they got 2-0. <laughs>
1: they're super
0: frauds what do you mean super
1: frauds super frauds against top esports like it didn't even look fair like top esports from start to finish just smashed them that's wild yeah versus lgd they uh took ale off top lane and brought up solo kill um it just right yeah it just kind of felt like there was no communication and their team fighting was just brutal like in game one, they had two chances to end the game after getting picks and team fights, but they just played super passively. And then they kept on losing Barons and lost the game. Hai uh, Chow played AP LeBlanc. And I know we've been seeing, uh, or no, sorry, not AP. He brought back the AD because we've been seeing a lot of AP LeBlanc lately.
0: I think yeah, something yeah, changed with that... the patch. Yeah, so after that a... run of AD LeBlanc's, we saw it was back to uh, AP LeBlanc for a bit. Yeah, but Hai Chow played uh, AD LeBlanc and it was just broken versus
1: EDG. Like, the reason why they were able to come back in that game in the first place was because uh, Hai Chow's threat of split pushing. They had an inhib down the whole time and so EDG couldn't end. Otherwise, Hai Chow would have just split pushed. And so they had to keep on waiting for objectives and then they kept on losing team fights at these objectives. And That's basically wild just to me. lost the game.
0: Because. Hi Chow last year, I thought, <clears throat> was one of the worst mids in the LPL. Mm-hmm. I, I, I did not have a very high opinion of him last year. So I remember him playing some LeBlanc, but I don't remember being that impressed by it. So that is, that is wild to hear that he's the difference maker now. Yeah, it was more like the threat of his LeBlanc split pushing just sure. kept EDG
1: completely out of the game. And then in game two, EDG had the craziest lead. Uh, you could probably ask for it in a League of Legends game and still lost. They had Cloud Soul at 23 minutes and a 5K oh gold lead at 25. And then LGD got Elder and Baron <laughs> and won. <That's laughs> they lost crazy. the Elder fight at uh, at 29 minutes Uh EDG lost the Baron fight at 32 minutes and the game was over in that same minute.
0: So EDG are just the biggest frauds in in any major region right now. Basically, <laughs> yeah. That's what it sounds like. That's wild to me cuz EDG is an organization that I expected to pretty much always see at the top as well. Yeah. Perennially just in the top 5 at least. Yeah. And and now I'm looking at the standings and they're they're shown literally in last next to ultra prime yeah which they pretty much showed why they are last
1: based on these these games which is so surprising i mean it's not like they have bad players either like they still have jj well jj honestly looked pretty rough actually that's so surprising they don't have the pieces
0: it's they just look discombobulated Solo kill was supposed to be like a really hyped up rookie too, Mm right? He was, I think there's a lot of pretty high expectations of him coming into the LPL too.
1: Yeah. And nothing just seemed to work for them. Like it didn't matter that he was getting brought up. It didn't seem like there was motivation either. Like they had their, like they had so many chances to win games and they would just throw it. So that's not a good look if you're known as a top team. yeah you're trying to compete for those top spots while sitting zero and three now yeah uh you mentioned up really quick sure Ultra prime uh i just want to touch on them really quick they played rng also last night um game one so rng picks double adc bot what do you think what do you think ultra
0: prime responds with (laughs) Uh, you might already know (laughs) i don't know i don't oh you don't Um, know okay Double, so RNG picks RNG double... picked I think Varus Ash. Varus Ash, what are you picking to Varus Ash? I you know I'm not even gonna venture a guess. I <laughs> I would assume it would be something fairly stand maybe an engaged support. I'm thinking maybe like a, a Blitzcrank or a Nautilus or yeah. um something with a lot of survivability. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You're you're kind of on the right track
1: there. It was it was they picked Rammus Yumi, in the bot lane.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. They the lost classic... their tower,
1: <laughs> like before nine
0: minutes. Wow, the classic yeah. Rammus Yumi bot lane. Yeah. How, oh yeah. How did I well, miss that? One plays, you know. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. It was it was That's terrible. Wild.
1: They were down, could not see us. It was like eight minutes, their tower was already done, and then they're buying their double support items. Wow. Yeah. That's but, all I gotta say about that series because that was just not on my bingo card for LPL. <laughs> no. Was it as useless as it sounds like it is? Oh, yeah, it was. Okay. All yeah. right. Having your ADC player Ramus. <laughs> probably not the best idea
0: not not the even best with the yumi resources. on its
1: back yeah not the best idea oh oh, remember that for the yeah.
0: future <laughs>
1: that's crazy yeah uh i wouldn't recommend watching it i would recommend just looking at it and yeah. wondering if it's photoshopped
0: or not <laughs> <laughs> just just look at the game and and think for a little bit but don't yeah. watch it
1: yeah, yeah, it was it was a tough watch. RNG just smoked him. Uh, Ultra Prime's just not there. They're not good enough to be. They might not even be good enough to be in the LPL. So that's why they're pulling oh, wow. stuff out like that. So yeah, uh, they definitely
0: do it. Be, they didn't do it because they thought it was good. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. all right. Oh, well, there is one team that I want uh, real quick for you to tell me a little bit about, and that's uh, NIP because it, I know they yeah. have rookie now. Um, and when I was looking at some damage numbers and just looking at some some global statistics, yeah, uh, rookie was up there, and I'm mm-hmm. I'm seeing that they're two o that they played LGD and IG. How did yeah. those series go? So,
1: honestly, they look good as a team. Rookie honestly doesn't look like he's in his top you know top three really? mid laners form. Yeah, <clears throat> I mean their their matches they against IG is pretty much a stomp <laughs> but <laughs> LGD they did have one closer game where it could have gone either way right now i think it's kind of hard to judge them right now just because they haven't played too many top teams yeah. i'm not even counting LGD as a top team right now because i think EDG are frauds yeah so it's kind of weird seeing cuz every team's going to end up playing each other once right. um I think it's going to be really interesting to see how they stack up against like a true top team cuz right now they just haven't been tested. I don't think rookie looks the best though. I think um like what we're used to seeing out of rookie obviously his numbers are good, but they kind of they're kind of inflated from that IG match and I don't think oh, his form is exactly where um we're used to kind of seeing him.
0: Huh. Yeah. So, real quick, one of the interesting things to me that I've been thinking about recently is how the different regular seasons of our major regions are uh, scheduled. Because you Mm. look at uh, the LPL and the LCK, who have best of threes, and they're playing constantly, and Mm -hmm. they're playing a ton of games, and then you look at the LCS, we're down to eight teams, and it's two games per weekend which Mm -hmm. it's it's been two games per weekend for a while there's a lot of conversation on twitter recently about how lcs only plays two games in a weekend and we've had um, structures where it's been like three games in a weekend but it's been a lot of two-game weekends that's not like the most surprising thing to me Mm -hmm. but i think it's really striking people now because there's only eight teams in the league so there's um there's just eight games in a, in a whole weekend yeah and, and then you see the lpl and they're playing every team only plays another team one time but they're all best of threes and there's 17 teams mm-hmm. so they're just playing what feels like non-stop and just a ton of games so it, i just it's been really interesting to me to look at the lcs and just look at comparatively how little it feels like the lcs plays compared to these other regions they Mm -hmm. started a week after lec lec has already gone through their nine game round robin and are into playoffs and the lcs each team has played four games you know yeah four best of ones yeah so they're just it feels like even though I know there are some LPL teams, too, who have also only played four games because they've there's teams who have, you know, gone 0-2 twice or 2-0 twice or whatever. It mm-hmm. just feels like over the course of the split, it's so little compared to these other regions. Yeah, it's definitely, there's a bit of uh, disparity, I guess,
1: between how many games each each region plays. I mean, on any given night where LPL and LCK are playing at the same time, you're getting four games in a night. and that's the same right uh not oh oh, i see what you're saying yeah like yeah yeah yeah, guaranteed four games yeah yeah like for lck you're guaranteed at least four games for lpl you're guaranteed at least four games right um and that's just on one night i mean and they're doing this every day pretty much yeah so it's i mean you can kind of see in the performance levels i mean it's definitely advantageous when you're playing multiple times a week you're playing best of threes you're getting at least two games in one like stage sitting which i think is also really important just kind of seeing how you perform on stage versus in scrims um it's yeah i'm I'm a little worried just for the lcs just because i don't know where that competition level is going to be like when they're playing such little or such a low amount of games
0: but i don't know if there's a solution either I don't know. It's a really interesting question from a viewership standpoint, too, Mm -hmm. because uh, a lot of people are saying the reason why the LCS only plays um, best of ones is because people aren't going to sit through and watch best of threes from these teams. Uh, But then you you look at how few games they play, and it's like startlingly few. So there's been a lot of conversation recently about bringing best of threes back to the LCS, and there's been a lot of support for it. Mm -hmm. But... With the budget cuts that we've been seeing at Riot, with uh, the layoffs, with the viewership that we're seeing out of the LCS, I don't know if it's going to happen, but it, it feels... I, I would be interested to see what would happen if they brought Best of Threes back into the region mm-hmm. and see if that would... I don't know if it would make any difference um, in like the global structure if, if the LCS started doing that, but uh-huh. it would be interesting to see what it would do to viewership and what it would do to performance.
1: Yeah, I mean, from the performance side, you look at the east versus west, best of ones versus best of threes. Yeah. And I think there's definitely a performance advantage there when you're playing those best of threes. From a viewership side, I think it's that's one of the hardest things. Like that's almost an undebatable thing. Like there's no right answer to there's no solution really. Yeah. Because we tried the weekday games last year. I mean, whatever the weekend weekend games now for me, it's hard because like you're watching, you're waiting for two days out of the week to watch LCS. And for me, like the convenience is I always stay up late anyways. And so it's way more convenient to just watch LCK and LPL, which are every day. And it like, it makes me look forward to more matches um just knowing that they're gonna go on longer too. Like it's gonna be a best of three. Um yeah. it's just little things like that where I, I don't know, like it's harder for me to get engaged with the LCS and the L E C just because they are best of ones and I think yeah. for like the LCK and LPL, like it also gives you a truer look at how teams are performing. Because I mean, say we had a best of three uh, in the LCS. Uh, I'm just going to use this past weekend as an example, but sure. uh, without without spilling too much. Imagine if Cloud9 played a best of three this weekend instead of a best of one. They're probably not uh, three and one. You know, they're probably four zero.
0: Yeah. yeah. So I think you're probably it's,
1: right. It's hard to find like a middle ground, especially when so many different regions. Like the only two regions that kind of do the same thing are LPL, LCK. Yeah. But even so there's a huge difference there with the amount of teams and their scheduling. So it's it's hard to find a middle ground when looking it at is. all four regions as a whole. Uh I think what the LEC's done is really interesting having three splits yeah. and having a much shorter like initial split. Uh and then you get into playoffs much quicker, but at the same time I feel like sometimes it might be hard for teams to have such long breaks in between
0: those splits too. So yeah, because what do you do if you're a KC or Rogue? And yeah, now you just like, sit off for summer. all of playoff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You, you play nine games and then you're just done for a while. Yeah, like, like when does when does the summer split start up? Like, I wish I had it offhand, but I don't. But it, is it it's, even? It's a summer.
1: Yeah, it's they're not going to be playing for a long time. Which no. I don't know in a professional gaming world if that's ideal at all. <laughs> right. So. Yeah, I don't know. If there's a way that they could increase the amount of games for LCS and, and LEC, I think that'd be kinda of fun. At least for LCS, I I would definitely love to see more games. Um I'd love to see these teams playing each other multiple times um earlier on. Like the fact that we only have four games per team is I don't know. I think that's kind of tough.
0: I wish it is. I wish
1: we could see them performing a lot more. Yeah,
0: and it's been it's been hard to pull together. Any kind of like real thoughts about where these teams are and where they're going to be when you've only seen four four best of ones out of them? Mm-hmm. I found myself a lot of times wishing that we had more game data for these teams so far. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I still have some some interesting stuff to go over. Do you have more on the LPL, or do you want to jump over to the LCS? Uh,
1: I have one last super quick thing. Uh, just yeah, go for kind of middle of the pack teams. Uh, sure. But as we know, Prince moved over to the LPL. He's on uh, right. Team WE, I want to yep. say, yep. and basically OMG, FPX, and Team WE are like in this three-man tie where OMG two-o WE, FPX two-o OMG, and then WE two-one to FPX. So huh. it's kind of like this triangle of of I don't know who like I don't know how these teams. Uh, are exactly, but Prince might be washed. That's the only thing I can say from
0: that, which is really but, sad. That's what I've heard is that uh, people are not super excited about Prince's performance.
1: Yeah, it, I think it was during the FPX game. He was just stuck in Baron Pit, and he well, he was stuck outside of Baron Pit, in or no Dragon Pit, Dragon Pit in the river. Uh-huh. Gets engaged on and just flashes into Dragon Pit with nowhere to go. Nice. Yeah, That's I a think good he's move. on like Avaris or something. And it's just like some of these mistakes are like, I'm not saying that I could have done it better, <laughs> but <laughs> uh, yeah, you start to wonder, you know, like what happened? Like, how come his career's kind of taken such a downward spiral?
0: Right, because he was so... So much promise coming out of the LCK when he came over to North America. People yeah. were like, "This is the best." People were saying, "This is the best import that North America has ever had." Prince mm-hmm. is go- is already and is going to continue to be the best import that North America has ever had. That's mm-hmm. kind of a crazy thing to say, but that was that was the probably what most people were thinking. Maybe not most people. It, it was what a lot of people were thinking. Is that this I mean, guy at the start of the split last year?
1: They were like seven zero to start
0: yeah 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 so it's crazy to see how he's gone from a really valuable prospect in the lck to having an insane start in north america to falling apart in north america now ending up in the lpl on this we team and looking eh eh that sucks (laughs) that sucks for him eh
1: yeah
0: yeah (laughs) so i hope I hope we see a return to form for him because I like Prince a lot. Yeah. I I think he's awesome, but what are you going to do?
1: Yeah, just his downfall from basically DRX started his downfall. Um, But, yeah, Yeah. it's kind of interesting to see in the LPL. There is a lot of top-heavy teams. There's a lot of bottom teams. And then there's these guys (laughs) in the middle, you know? (laughs) Yeah. So I'm curious to see kind of where –
0: this middle ground ends up and, and who ends up making it to playoffs. Kind of real quick, as a callback to the LEC that we were talking about, mm-hmm. uh, we're, we're seeing a really similar thing where it's kind of top two, middle six, bottom two, where mm-hmm. uh, Rogue and Carmine Corp both ended two and seven, and then we have G2 and BDS who are both seven and two, uh-huh. and then all six middle teams are 5-4 and four or 4-5. Four and five. Yeah. So they're all hud- uh, hovering around this 50% win rate, which is why I think playoffs could be so interesting because we could get a lot of these team matchups between teams that are very similar in score. And that's part of why I think um, MDK versus Fnatic is going to be so interesting too because they're both these teams that have been somewhat middling throughout the the split so far and they're round one matched up into each other yeah i think i love well i don't think i love it i love how much parody there is
1: in the lec because yeah. even like a g2 and a bds like they've shown that they can get beaten you know? Yeah, like, we they know we know that they that they can lose so i think for the lec i love how there's so much parody and and it's really anyone's game whoever shows up on that day is
0: the one who's going to be coming through The the one thing is that I really hope that the structure that we're seeing top two, middle six, bottom two, I'm hoping that means that we have uh, like two really good teams in the LEC with six teams who are all fighting up towards these top two teams Mm -hmm. and not that we have two pretty good top teams with two bad teams and six teams that are all... fighting down to be bottom two right like i I, i'm really hoping it doesn't mean that we have eight not so great teams and two decent teams Uh i'm really hoping that it means two good teams and six um like pretty decent on the come up or like could
1: yeah could make some uh make some waves but just haven't gotten there yet
0: yeah, I, I'm not confident in which one it is yet, but I think playoffs <laughs> will be telling. So I think
1: playoffs will be telling, and then MSI, of course, will be of the course. real test. <laughs>
0: yeah. Uh, but, but with that, I say we jump into LCS a little bit. Yeah, 100%. I think cool. this is
1: also a pretty interesting weekend, <laughs> to say the least.
0: Yeah, so just off the bat, in terms of uh, how games went... Um, NRG had the only two0 week, and DiG had the only zero, two week, which means we now have NRG, C9 and FlyQuest all tied at three and one. Um, so those are which I think is good, because those mm-hmm. are the three teams we we're expecting to be at the top, so it's nice to see that they're there and that we're not seeing massive underperformances from any of them. Mm-hmm. Um, Obviously, the C9 versus Shopify Rebellion game is something we have to talk about. Yeah, I remember... Well, okay, I didn't
1: watch too much of the game, but I remember... I think C9 had a pretty weird draft. Like, JoJo was on something pretty... It wasn't like a traditional mid laner, I want to say. Yeah,
0: so C9's draft against Shopify Rebellion. So, at the time that they played this game, C9 Uh were 3-0, and Shopify were (laughs) 0-3. And their draft going in was... Aatrox top, Maokai jungle, pretty reasonable so far. Mm-hmm. Vayne mid Vain for JoJo. Yeah, Vayne yeah. mid, yeah. Uh, and then Callista Renata on the bot side. Uh-huh. And Shopify was Udyr top, pretty standard pick. Uh, Lilia, which we've seen a lot more of recently. I'm mm-hmm. a big fan of Lilia. I think yeah. this Lilia pick is really uh, a lot better than people think that it is. I think it's super underrated, so I was mm-hmm. excited to see that. Uh, and then I think the reason that we saw the Vayne mid come out is because Shopify picked Scion mid, um, oh, which is a pig. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It was from both teams. There were some interesting picks. <laughs> yeah. Which Scion mid is something that there's been people in the community talking about it for a little bit. I think LS has been talking about it a fair amount. Um, and so insanity picked that up in the mid lane. And then they finished out with Varus Milio in the bot lane. But Really, to me, this game was just Cloud9 being so cocky and just getting <laughs> super punished for it. The game started with them doing a three man dive bot and absolutely botching it and pretty much losing the game from there. It nice. just, their draft looked completely unplayable from behind. Like, how do you play Vayne from behind? Mm-hmm. You know? It's, yeah. it, the game felt pretty much unwinnable right from the start. Dang. I mean, Shopify rebellion was one of
1: those teams where we're like, you know, if they, if they can perform, start getting on the same page, you know, they could, they could make some waves, but I don't know if that's the way that they wanted to do it, but at
0: least they got a win on the board. Yeah. (laughs) It's it's interesting because we've been talking about how Shopify has the potential to, to climb up above these other bottom teams. Mm-hmm. And I still believe that. I just really didn't expect it to come from a win over C9. I don't think yeah. anyone did. I think C9, oh. C9 were pretty much expected to go undefeated. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're of course going to lose a game here or there. It's pretty, pretty hard to go undefeated. But I don't think anyone was expecting that the way that Shopify would start working their way up into the top would be through beating C9. Mm-hmm. I think this is also where the live patch kind
1: of starts to shine, you know, because yeah. I have no doubt that the reason why C9 plays that comp is because they're on the live patch and they're just trying to mess around with the lead that they have in the standings. Yeah. So I think it's going to be really cool seeing what other picks these top teams kind of bring out or maybe even some of these bottom teams kind of surprise some people. Who knows? Yeah. Maybe
0: we'll see a Ramis, Yumi in the LCS. <laughs> <laughs> I hope not. Yeah, me too. <laughs> me too. I really hope not. Um, but real quick for the other top teams, too. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that one of the best games of the week was NRG versus Fly. Um, it, it was pretty one-sided, but I still thought that it was a really fun game. And it was a game that NRG pretty handedly won. Um, but it was a, a fun game to see between two of the top teams. So if you're going to go and watch some LCS, I would go watch that game. Um, and I think what's really cool is that all three of the top teams in the LCS are kind of developing their own identities already. Mm-hmm. Um, so if, if you want, I have some, some stats and some interesting things to talk to you about for each one of those teams.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, cool. Let me hear, okay. Yeah. Let's go. Let's start from the top. I guess C9 is probably
0: the team that we kind of have on top. So yeah, let's do it. Okay. So one interesting thing about C9 mm-hmm. um, they played Dig this weekend, which was a pretty crazy, not super clean game, mm-hmm. um, but they're win streaking against Dig really hard, and they talked about it on broadcast. <laughs> but C nine are nineteen and zero 19 against and zero. Dig since twenty twenty spring. And there was a little period where Dig was out of the LCS. So Dig has not won a game against uh, Cloud9 since 2017.
1: 2017. Isn't that's, that crazy? That's seven years ago.
0: Yeah. I wasn't even they in college yet. No, they haven't Neither won a game in six and a half or seven years that's against insane. Cloud9. Yeah. yeah. So that's one of the the biggest win streaks between two orgs that I've ever heard of. I don't know if there's any other win streak like that that exists. probably isn't. Probably not. Yeah. Yeah. It's monumental. Um, But here's some some other stats that I pulled about C9. Mm -hmm. Um, They play the game really differently than a lot of other top teams in, in any of the major regions across the world. So... Really, what C9 are doing is they're playing mid-jungle a lot harder than other teams are. What mm-hmm. I've noticed is that in a lot of these top leagues, um, you're seeing a lot of the damage share on teams going to mid-laners and eighty carries, which mm-hmm. makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah. There's a lot of strong mid and eighty carry picks right now, mm-hmm. and those are t- usually the roles that you expect to do a lot of the damage. Yeah, uh, But Blabber has the highest damage percent for his team of any jungler in all of the major regions. Really? Yeah, so he has a 21.9% damage share, which Mm -hmm. is the highest out of LCS, LEC, LCK, and LPL, which I think is fascinating. So it's him and JoJo. JoJo has the the highest damage share on the team, uh, and the two of them are the ones that are getting played around. But here's the thing that's really insane. Berserker has the lowest damage percent of any ADC in any of the major regions. He only has a 17.9% damage share on the team. And the crazier thing is that Berserker and Vulcan together have uh, the same damage percent as the next highest ADC in the LCS. Who is... who is Meech with 26.3% so Vulcan and and Berserker together have the same damage (laughs) share as the ninth ADC or the not the ninth the seventh ADC in the LCS has that's kind of
1: that's just mind-boggling you know isn't it like Berserker is he's him like yeah. As far as LC, LCS uh,
0: ADCs go, he's him, you know? Yeah, we talk about him being the best player in the league. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it's not even that he's, like, really playing badly. Uh-huh. It's just the team seems so focused on this JoJo Blabber um, mid-jungle duo. Yeah. yeah. And Fudge is getting a fair amount of damage share, but it's really uh, JoJo and Blabber that are making this team happen. Yeah, that's one thing that I did notice when I watched some
1: of the C9 games. Like, it just felt like... Berserker was farming the whole game. Yeah. And just not doing anything. And it's like, well, I guess he doesn't really have to. Like, you know, a lot of the pressure's off because they have JoJo now. But I was just like, he kind of seems invisible out there. And I guess he kind of is invisible out there. But it's scary because
0: once he is online, (laughs) then what? You know? Then you got problems. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll be interested to see if he starts showing up as like the best ADC in the league, the best player in the league, if he starts um, putting in a lot more of the work moving forward. And again, like you're saying, this could be a factor of being on a different patch than the rest of the world is on. It could Mm -hmm. be that we start seeing a shift towards more mid jungle moving forward, but I I don't know if we will, because a lot pretty much the rest of the LCS is has similar damage shares to the rest of the world does where mm-hmm. it's concentrated at mid and eighty carry. Um, so you you look at FlyQuest and NRG, the other top two teams, and FlyQuest uh, they have a very balanced damage share. Interestingly, so most teams mid and eighty carry are the ones carrying on FlyQuest. You're getting a lot in top lane and you're mm-hmm. getting a lot in support, and I think wow. that's because. Busio is playing things like the Seraphine with um, Senna from Masu. Mm. Mm. And uh, just an interesting tidbit about FlyQuest is that from what I can tell, uh, FlyQuest is the only team, at least in the LCS, where the support has a higher damage share than their jungler does. So Busio actually Uh has 15% damage share where uh their jungler inspired has 11 percent. oh wow i mean yeah i think that definitely does go back to to what you're
1: saying with the picks yeah Senna seraphine might be inflating that a little bit oh 100 percent.
0: yeah but that's still but crazy yeah games <laughs> yeah uh, to have it not just be like a one game anomaly but over the yeah. course of four games to have him have a higher damage percent that's it's pretty interesting and again you know, take it with a grain of salt because it's one stat that I'm looking at, but it's an interesting trend. So yeah, for sure, I
1: I think FlyQuest is definitely one of those teams that they're just going to be solid, kind of like a no expectations uh, NRG from last year. Where yeah, where it's like they have the pieces;
0: it's just a matter of performing. Yeah, I hope that's the case. I, yeah, I, I like this team a lot, so I mm-hmm. I, I hope that's the case. Uh, and then the last one, NRG, who's also th- uh, up there three one. Um, they're playing a lot through FBI. He uh, has 32.7% uh, damage share for his team, which is the second highest damage percent of any ADC in the LCS. So they're they're very mid-ADC-focused because Palafox also has pretty high, and you can tell that Palafox is carrying a lot of these games. So mm-hmm. they're kind of playing maybe the most standard that you would expect out of a team. Mm-hmm. Uh, FlyQuest is playing very balanced, and then C9 is playing this totally different game where they're just playing through jungle, jungle. And, and mid yeah that's so interesting and it is i
1: guess three different philosophies and three same results so yeah i want to see i I feel like i'm a broken record a little bit but i just want to see all these top teams play each other obviously we already saw the c9 energy we saw the energy fly Uh, but c9 fly quest is bound to be
0: a banger and then having them come back and play each other again i think is going to be really telling yeah for sure yeah uh, uh, one last guy to talk about before we move on to the lck or mm-hmm. um before we move on to lck yeah lck yeah. oh my god, i'm so sorry yeah before Very we move good. on to the lck <laughs> um there is a player who really st- stood out to me just from a stats perspective that i was not expecting to find um the highest damage percent In the LCS, so this is uh, a player who has the highest share of their team's damage. Um, There's one guy who holds the highest percent, and I want to know if if you can guess who that might be. I don't think you're gonna get it, Uh, but I'm curious if you might be able to guess who has the highest damage percent in uh, the entire LCS.
1: Let me think. Let me think here. Okay, you got. I'm trying to think of all the teams. I don't. I don't think it's anyone from C9. I don't think it's anyone from Energy or Fly either. Right, you're um, correct on that. Okay, you got TL
0: and Hundred Thieves. Yeah, is it one of those two teams? No, I'll give you this hint. It's one of the bottom teams that bottom has teams, this so one standout player who's doing most of the work. It seems like
1: is it someone on either IMT or Dig? Well. Yeah. Okay, so I'm T. I'm T or Dig? Which one? It's on I'm T. Yeah, I'm T. Shit, I don't think I even know. Any... Is it? Is it <laughs> Wild Turtle?
0: He is on Shopify. Oh, guess. that's so awkward. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll just give it to you. Just tell me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's Mask. Of Mask. all people. Mask. Okay, so this tells you how much I know about the (laughs) LCK. I've never even heard of Mask. (laughs) So he was an import from the LCK. I think he was playing tier two in the LCK. Him and Castle came over, I think both from tier two LCK. Okay. Um, People were like, oh yeah, these guys look pretty decent, but why aren't we seeing North American rookies play? Um, And now after four games, Mask has 35% damage share on his team. So he is absolutely plugging away in these games. Wow. And it's crazy too because they're um they're 1 in 3 in their mm-hmm. games and I haven't been like particularly impressed just from looking at imt as a team and i haven't been super impressed about Mask specifically but mm-hmm. looking at this number like that's a i'll be really interested to see where that goes for the rest of the split to see yeah. if he continues to be the main damage dealer on this team at like such a high level too is it just him being the only person in games? is it just everyone else is like <laughs> terrible th- there's there's a chance that's it i don't know i, I don't know that i think that anyone on IMT is playing that well. Mm-hmm. Um, so it could be that it's just the rest of his team really like <laughs> performing at such a low level that it seems like comparatively he's really standing out. But I think um, looking going forward in the LCS, he's actually someone I really want to keep my eye on yeah. because I did see... But he, he had, had a had Jace been. play that um, was uh, really like a, a sleeper, impressive play mm-hmm. that he made. So I do want to keep my eye on him for the rest of the lcs and just see if maybe he's kind of jailed on imt and he's actually someone who can compete with these other top mid laners or if it's just a super underperformance from the whole imt team yeah i mean that's not someone that i was (laughs) that is definitely not who I was expecting
1: you to say uh so yeah yeah, definitely got to keep my eye on on mask now and kind of see how he progresses
0: yeah but speaking of uh lck and lck rookies Talk me through the LCK. What, are, oh, what do we have going on? I
1: have some bad news for you, Jack. I'm, oh, I'm going to no. be really uh, honest with you. KT Please. went 0-2 this no! week. No! <laughs> that's brutal. They uh, they lost to the Telecom War. Uh, that was oh. their second game of the week, or second match. But Man. the first loss of the week was to Quandong Freaks, the sleepers. Oh, that's right!
0: Yeah. Yeah. I actually did see that game. I I I didn't watch the Telecom War for some reason, but I did see the Kwangdong uh, Freak game. That's really interesting because we were talking about them as being a potential upset team. Yeah. So for my money, if we're talking about a team that's going to upset and get into that top five when when they're not expected to, I think Kwangdong might might be that team. Yeah. So here's
1: the biggest difference with Kwangdong Freaks.
0: Yeah. Taeyun's out bull is yep. in now
1: and bull looks crazy or at he's least when looked... he's given a lead oh my gosh yeah. good luck stopping him something about these challengers league players i've been watching a little bit of the cl just because mm. reckless is playing but they're yep. so aggressive all of their 80 carries probably the most aggressive players i've ever seen like
0: i love that that's awesome s-
1: yes basically second comings of jackie love like <laughs> not afraid to just jump in do whatever you know, kind of greed for kills, but it doesn't yeah. matter because it works out half the time. But basically, this series, the Kwandong KT series, was KT started out well in game one. Uh, like their Kwandong had an early kill lead uh that came off good picks from like Cuz and Andil. Um, but KT responded, they kind of found themselves back in the driver's seat. Uh, got a lot of those kills back, and they got Baron. Um, basically, game one, Perfect get, Perfect got caught uh, with Baron up, and then Barrel got picked, and then Piosic decided to go 1v5 and died, and then Kwonong got a free Baron. Uh, except KT came back and basically picked up Ando, Bull, and Dudu, and so it was like just this crazy little one-minute sequence of uh kwandong gets baron and then they lose half their squad and then just a back and forth just a back and forth yeah and then final team fight kt was applying all the pressure barrel had a nice ornal and then the game ended uh game two a lot more standard uh the game looked pretty even uh picks were going kind of both ways uh but cuz cuz i got we got to talk about this guy he is looking insane well maybe not insane but he's
0: looking like one of the top junglers in the lck
1: he was everywhere
0: because i remember at worlds we we talked about this i think last week or maybe it was even the first week but Mm -hmm. he was really impressive at worlds and then he ended up on this team that not a lot of people were expecting a lot from so i'm really glad to hear that he's having the performance that people were hoping for after worlds it sounds like yeah his jungling
1: has been unreal like he's it feels like he's everywhere. Uh, like they're finding picks on perfect throughout the game. Uh, they just found him like perfect was just kind of caught out overstepping or just getting picked here and there. Um, yeah, he tower dove Jin greeting for a kill, and Jin had W up, so he just W'd him under turret and died. Uh, <laughs> and that basically <laughs> got bull into the game, honestly, because that was like, yeah. I think. I think K T had a kill lead and then that that brought them even and it gave Bull a kill. And basically from then on it was it was still a pretty even game, but Cuz stole a drag for Soul Point and they got an ace right after. And from
0: then on it was just the KDF show. Man. Um and then exciting, game three, yeah. exciting to see to see KDF actually put in some work.
1: Oh, yeah, it's crazy. Like Game three is basically the example of, like, bulls coming out party. Like, this was what's putting him on the map. This guy dominated bot lane with Callista and Renata. Uh, Oh, that's right. Yeah. uh, Level one, it was like a little bush camp three-man skirmish, and I think Callista came out with two kills, and they were just straight up winning two V2s in lane, and... I think it was around like ten minutes. I want to say there was a skirmish, and KT pretty much ended, but ended up using everything just to try and kill Bull, while uh, what's his face Bulldog could just farm and and he finished the fight. Bull finished the fight dead, but he was six one and one at ten minutes.
0: That's crazy. Yeah, yeah, I have it in my notes that um, KDF bought absolutely destroying KT Bull Callista Clinic. Yeah, that guy was a monster
1: on it was it was crazy like he basically said all right guys give me the keys i'm driving (laughs) and took him to the (laughs) finish line (laughs) yeah (laughs) it was the bull it was a bull carry cuz was setting up everything and quanog and just they team fought and their
0: their macro play was just so much better after finding picks i hope that they can keep that up and that i see that they're playing uh damwan or d plus uh tomorrow so um Wednesday mm-hmm. for for the viewers, is that right? Yes. Yeah, I think Wednesday. So. Um I'll be interested to see what they can do against that team because they have their ups and downs as well. Yeah. Um
1: sticking with KT though, we gotta talk sure. about the telecom war really quick. Uh oh absolutely. Was, yeah. Game one was a banger. Basically Tale of Two Lanes is is what I wrote down. Uh Zeus was gapping perfect, but KT's bot was basically gapping in return, so depth was on Callista, and it seemed like he wanted revenge from his game against uh, Bull, and yeah. he was he was getting super fed, uh, and basically the game could have gone either way, but KT found good picks on the right guys and were able to win out in the end. But kind of the same thing: a strong first game and then a lackluster uh, two games after for KT. Uh, Zayus gapped perfect in Game 2. And T1's early play bot side basically won them the game at 10 minutes. Uh, KT tried to contest, but Zayus and Kumo, they're huge. Uh, They lost in 21 minutes. Oh, my
0: God. That's a fast Game too. (laughs) for Telecom Wars?
1: Yeah. Wow. And then Game 3 was just the owner's show. Uh, His chemistry with Faker was really put on display. Uh, his engages throughout the game were just insane. He was on Rel, so I mean, owner and Rel are pretty much a recipe for disaster if you're
0: the other team. And yeah, I like this Rel pick too. I, yeah, I know it's like popular, so I'm not saying anything new or exciting. But the the way that you can get these like huge engages off mm-hmm. of just like a jumping in on Rel and pressing R yeah. and just pulling everyone to you—it's really fun to watch. Uh, and it feels super impactful in a lot of these games.
1: Yeah. T1 basically went with the double black hole combo is what I was calling it. So <laughs> was that? on Oriana.
0: <laughs> okay.
1: So uh, basically if, you know, if one of those guys hit their engages, the other one would follow up right after. <laughs> and it's basically like another type of wombo combo. And yeah. there just wasn't anything KT could do throughout the entire game. And T1 showed why they're world champs
0: yeah the just a world champ div
1: yeah <laughs> i think kt's definitely a team to keep an eye on still but showed last week that they definitely have some things to work on yeah and then finally this is the last game i'll be talking about for the lck is the gen sure. g d plus game which we were texting oh. about while it was going on yeah um, obviously game one was the showmaker silas show Oh uh this guy just looked silly. He had a super sick solo kill on Pays, just blew him up in a second. Uh honestly though, Unreal. both teams looked good in game one. So yeah. it was it was interesting. You know Gen G never has a chance to lose a game. Uh but Showmaker and Lucid, they looked really good in that game one. And Aiming also got pretty fed on Zaya, so that helps. <laughs> yeah. Uh games two and three though were kind of the opposite. Uh D plus had a slight early lead in game two, uh but going into the mid game is pretty even on both sides. Uh Genji got soul, but they're down six K gold while D plus was pushing in hit in- inhibs, and then Kingen low key sold the entire game. Uh, yeah, my memory is hit. that Kingen did not have a
0: good series. And he he's had not a been having a great series. split.
1: Yeah, yeah, he's looked really pretty much all downhill since he won Worlds. Interesting. Because yeah. I know like, that people have they, not been high on Zekka And they're prepping for the fight. Yeah, yeah. Zekka hasn't looked exactly the best either. He still looks good, I think. Yeah. But Kingan just looks like a bottom four top laner.
0: That's crazy. Um,
1: yeah. It, he basically elder was up he gets picked right before like as they're setting up and that just lost them elder and from there it's we know how strong elder elder dragon is yeah even that's when pretty you're much down win
0: button yeah yeah
1: so uh aiming tried to backdoor after they lost elder and or as they were losing elder pretty much uh, ended up dying to pays and pays was on a Felios just felt like D plus was looking for hail marys the whole game to backdoor, and then game three was just the Gen G show. I guess they just felt like the better team in game three. Uh, D plus was trying to dive, failed a lot, while Gen G kept on having successful dives. Uh, Gen G was targeting Showmaker a lot, and then Chovy on Tristana just felt unkillable. Their their double ADCs and better team fighting kind of broke D plus, and it was too much for them. And Chovy is just a monster. too. Chovy is he a continues
0: monster. to be such a monster. Yeah, I mean he's, he's the
1: ultimate farmer,
0: right? Yeah, and he seems and just so hard ADC. to deal with. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so that was just. I wish it went. I, well, I wish there was a more. Well, I wish a D plus I guess would have been able to pull out, but yeah. Genji showed why they're they're four and I was still, and one of the. Do top you think teams that they'll go the undefeated? I think they have a chance. I think. T1 for some reason they just cannot be Genji domestically. They're just they like have that Gen. G some mental type block. of mental block for them. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I don't know if it's I don't know if is gonna end up going perfect, but they definitely have a chance because they they beat both the teams that are, you know, probably the two closest teams to challenging them. And it yeah, I'm not saying it wasn't close. But they looked pretty dominant in those matches.
0: It'll be fun to see them moving forward.
1: Yeah, uh, I don't know if you want to do a quick Lucian segment, really quick. But I got some stats for you on Eastern Lucian because I know that we were not fans <laughs> of Western Lucian. But I, I got some some stats to tell you for the Eastern side of Lucian.
0: Yeah, hit me with it. I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: I know. Last week was a bit of a dog on Lucian week. But, don't pick Lucian. Yeah, yeah. Don't pick Lucian. Just don't do it. <laughs> Just don't uh, do it. Unless you're, unless you're in the LCK or LPL, then you can pick Lucian because okay. right now, Lucian get guesses win rate right now. So I think I checked. You say and it's...
0: globally. It's like fifty-one percent or something. So I'm. Uh-huh. I have i got to guess in in the in the LCK and LPL. It's gotta be.
1: so in the LCK it's a 63.2% win rate LPL it's 70% okay
0: so I overshot a little bit but still really
1: high still really high um definitely one of the better picks in the eastern regions it seems to have a lot of success it's one of the few picks with uh like a winning uh a positive win rate um but one thing that's really interesting to point out is uh 10 out of their 13 losses were against one champ.
0: Oh, interesting. Yeah. What would that be? I'm I'm thinking maybe Varus? I don't know. What is it? It's Ahelios. So it oh, looks really? like
1: it's the kind of like the clash of uh I guess, draft styles, the early comp versus the late comp. And it seems like whenever Aphelios has the chance to scale, he's beating Lucian almost every time. So six out of the seven losses in the LCK were against Aphelios. The other one was Seraphine. And then Uh in the LPL, four out of the six losses have been against Aphelios. Wow. So it's interesting to kind of see how there's so much... uh, difference between the east and west on lucian yeah so pick a felios (laughs) pick a felios basically if you pick a felios yeah exactly uh there's not too much else that i have uh from that end but i just wanted to to run that really quick
0: (laughs) yeah no that was great that was great to 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 flip it back on me (laughs) yeah uh but yeah that's that's pretty much all i have too yeah I think
1: uh, we have a lot of pretty exciting games this week, too. Uh, Every week, there's always going to be an exciting game. I think that's just the nature of how many games that there's going on. We got playoffs starting this week for that. Is it this week for the LEC? I I need to
0: check on that. I'll I'll, I'll check while you're talking. Okay, but yeah.
1: I mean, if you're just looking at some of the games that we have scheduled up here, like obviously you mentioned the uh, D+. plus. Uh, KDF. There's going to be some pretty good games in the LPL. Mm -hmm. I just checked. It is.
0: It starts February 3rd, so I think that's this weekend. Okay. Yeah, that is this weekend. Um, Yeah, so on Saturday.
1: Wow, that's quick. Wow. Yeah, that is quick. Uh, We do have G playing Kwandong. D-Plus versus uh, HLE. I think TL versus NRG is going to be a really good Good mate. game, too. And Fly vs. Yeah. Thieves. Maybe
0: so, a lot not of like great games,
1: games but just interesting games for sure. For sure. Yeah. And then obviously, we have the C9 Fly Quest game this Saturday. Oh, on Saturday. Well. That'll so be a good one. Yeah. We have a lot of pretty fun games uh, throughout this week. LNG G also plays JDG on Saturday oh. night. So. Just straight bangers all throughout the rest of the week, which every week there's bangers, it feels like. (laughs) So (laughs) there's definitely no shortage of that. There's definitely not going to be any shortage of content from the All Chat podcast. Um, Oh, absolutely. But, yeah, I think
0: we we have a lot of exciting league this weekend. Yeah. So tune back in again next week, and we'll give it the rundown.
1: Oh, yeah. And just a reminder, starting next week, podcasts are going to be released on Wednesday. So make sure you guys tune in on Wednesday morning and episode four will be up. Yep. All (laughs) righty. Cheers. (laughs) Cheers.